Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 that we read last week. Last week. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, has revealed them to us, them is what? The things which he has prepared for those who love him. He reveals them. He has prepared those things for his people and then reveals them to his people through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And I said last Sunday, I can't even pretend to know all things, but thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He dwells in you. He dwells in me. And what is his work? According to this scripture, so that he may reveal to us the things that God has in store for us. He dwells in you to reveal the will of God, the things that God has freely given to us. And you know what, church? God gives good things. You remember 1, Corinthians, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says, God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Richly all things to enjoy. So it's not a me, you know, people only hear about enjoying, think like, God, does really God wants me to enjoy? Oh, he does. He wants you to enjoy. Remember what he says, I came that you may have life. Jesus said, John 10, 10, that, I may have la that you may have life and la have it more abundantly. I think the amplifier says full, to full capacity. To full capacity. There's no scarcity there. So God gives us richly, all things to enjoy. Can you say it? God gives me richly all things to enjoy. Hallelujah. And on Friday evening, as I read, say this 18th September, we began uh, the new Jewish year, and which you have heard Pastor Carl over the years teach right here, not calling it the Jewish calendar, but the God's calendar. God's calendar. Uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Feast of Trumpets, starting this evening, the Sunday 27th, to tomorrow 28th evening is Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And then followed by the Feast of Tabernacles, which is evening of Friday 2nd and ends on the evening of Friday 9th October. And therefore, get ready on the 11th of October with your Feast of Tabernacles, fast fruit offerings. And we read some scriptures next week when God says that, that you should not come into his presence or empty-handed. We, we look at that. And again, I can claim to be a teacher in these lines, but I take things by faith and believe for, for God always to do his part. Remember the example I gave last week concerning I'm not the kind of a person who looks at the, the milk and I'm thinking, this milk is white, and the cow out there is black, and I saw it eating green grass. How comes? I'm the kind of a person that will see the milk and drink it. You understand? I take the substance. So that's the person who believes. You don't have to understand everything, but you go to the word of God and say, God, because you say it, I believe it, and I take it. Amen? I won't be following you with your research. How comes my, my, head is, my hair is black? 
How comes? Mine is pink. Yours is yellow. Yours is tall. Now I'm going to accept the will of God for me, and I'm going to go to the scriptures, find out what he says, and take it by faith. Hallelujah. So you don't have to have every understanding, but you take by faith what God gives to you. And I've been saying this. I believe that God has a plan for us, even in this new era. Therefore, no good thing will be withheld from us. Say, I believe that God has a plan for me, even in this new era. Therefore, no good thing will be withheld from me. Let's go back to that scripture in Psalm 84, verse 11 to 12. From the New King James Version says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Listen to that same version, the, the same scripture from the, uh, the Passion Translation. The latter part of it says this. He is so generous with his gifts of grace and glory. That's God, people. He is so generous. Let me read the all of it. He said, for the Lord God is brighter than the brilliance of a sunrise. Wrapping himself around me like a shield. He's so generous with his gifts of grace and glory. Those are things that he has prepared for those who love him. Gifts of grace and glory. Say, God has gifts of grace and glory for me. You know what those kind of confessions uh, do? They activate your faith. They activate your faith. Those who walk along with, with his paths with integrity will never lack one thing they need for he provides it all. Say, I take that. Those who walk along with, with his paths with integrity will never lack one thing they need. Again, uh, paths with integrity, that's why like you hear of, a, you just choose and make that decision, I'm a tither. That's who I am, I'm a tither. My house is a tithing house. Dad, you make, uh, Father, you make a decision that in your house, that I'm, I'm a, we are tithers. Mom, you are tithers. Youths, I'm a tither. Children, you make that decision. I'm a tither. God said that's walking actually in integrity. I like saying it in this manner. Uh, a tithing, I look at it in this manner, and I can validate it from the scriptures, is integrity. Is walking in integrity. Why would I say so? Because the Bible says so clear that 10% of all that comes to our possession belongs to God. So an example, if I have integrity and you have given me something, what do I do? I'll give it back to you. That's integrity. Or when will you return this money? Oh, I'll give it back to you by uh, next Sunday, 4th of October. I'll give you back your money. Now you see that? Now whose money is it? It's your money. So what am I doing on my part? I'm walking in integrity. I'm giving back to you 
what belongs to you. So next Sunday, if I had your 200,000 and I give back your check, uh, back to your check of 200,000, I'm not doing you a favor. In fact, if I'm ever going come, to come back to you to ask you for any kind of money, I am building, so as you speak, you're building up your name. In other words, you can be trusted. So when I return the 200,000 back to you, you look at me and say, thank you. Actually, you haven't, I, I wouldn't say that. You know, you didn't tell me that. Actually, I haven't, you haven't done me a favor. You have returned what belongs to me. But I thank you for keeping your word. But look at this. Now, that's the tithe, which is integrity. Okay, you see that. Because tithe belongs to God. So integrity is that which belongs to God, give to God. Integrity is pay taxes. Give to KRA what belongs to KRA. That is our Caesar present. Yeah, give to KRA what belongs to That's integrity. Is that so? Now look at this then. But then, if next week I'm giving you back that 200,000, and then I write another check, and I give on top of that uh, another 200,000. You will ask me, why are you giving me two? Uh, I said, no, out of my generosity, I'm giving you 200,000 on top of what you gave to me. Why would you do that? It's out of my generosity. You all want quiet. Do you, you've never done that? Hmm? <laughs> you've never done that? Then you give back out of your generosity. Oh, my goodness. I think you look at me again and look at me again, and you're thinking like, I wish I'd given him a million. Because this kind of a person, probably he would have given me a million on top of my million. That's your generosity. The other one that belongs to whoever you had asked for, I mean, you have returned it, is your integrity. But your general city gave on top of what you had been given. Can I hear you, amen? amen. Do I have generous people here today? Yes. Amen. That's exactly how it should be. Be generous, people. Be generous wherever you go. You know, I've never seen one person that if you, I've never seen one person who doesn't respond whether believer or unbeliever, when you give them something generously. I've never seen. I get amazed that even, you know, the, the waiters and waitresses, you be generous to them. They want to serve you next time, every time you go back, because they know this guy is generous. And the amazing thing is this, they will always listen to you to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. I've seen the Muslims. You be generous to them, they will listen to you, what you have to say. When you start looking at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in the light of our redemption, it brings so much life into your heart. You look at it in the light of our redemption. That's so important, church. Because God's dealings with the children of Israel and things that he had he has established as types and shadows, that is the old covenant, 
of this dispensation. In the old covenant, it was types and shadows. But now we are in the dispensation, into the, the real that is with us because of Jesus Christ, who's our Redeemer. It enriches your walk with him. I can't even understand for a believer to think of salvation is boring. How? People, some believers, they start backsliding and they start thinking like salvation is boring, so they start looking for something excited. Now, where are you going to look for that thing excited? Excited. Out there are, I won't use the words that Jesus used. But the reason, uh, listen, your salvation becomes rich with the purposes of God. That's how you're supposed to be. Listen, God gives us all things to us, what? Richly for us to enjoy. Salvation is his richness, the riches of his inheritance toward us. Uh, then, uh, the reason God chose uh, covenant people or the children of Israel was that through them he might preserve a righteous line through which man's redeemer will come. He was, he was preserving he cut a covenant with Abraham, which means Abraham's descendants became God's covenant people. That's what it is. The children of Israel, the Abraham's descendants, according to the flesh, became God's covenant people. Therefore, through this covenant, our Savior Jesus came into the world to redeem man. Remember the scripture that we read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that you are God's expensive purchase. Paid for with the tears of blood. So by all means then use your body to bring glory to God. You are an expensive purchase. And seriously you need to think in that manner. You need, let me give you a new vocabulary. Go around saying, not to tell people, but just to believe it until it comes out of your mouth unconsciously. You are an, you're saying, I am an expensive God's purchase. You are an expensive, uh, God's expensive purchase. Just think about this. If God is going to buy something expensive, the earth and all its fullness belongs to him, and none of those were expensive than the soul of man. None of them. Oh, yeah, I have, uh, you think like, oh, I, I just bought my uh, Mercedes-Benz and it's 20 million shillings. That's not expensive. You're looking at me. Oh, I, Pastor, you are you're having to come and bless my home. I've just gotten a 200 million home and I've already finished and I'm, you're coming to bless it. That's not expensive. Are you all quiet? Do you know who's expensive? You are. You are. You are. Amen. You are. That expensive, that God's expensive purchase. You are. So walk like it. Talk like it. Amen? Go to some, go to some of those uh, uh, quote-unquote big price tags area and just hang around you expensive thing and check it out. 
Astina. I just don't use that word. It's too expensive. According to whose standard? Just think about it. Uh, maybe if you gave your nine-year-old daughter, I kind of I'm thinking we have three hours today. How many do we have? <laughs> I, I can tell I'm back into my four hours, someone. We're getting there quickly. Amen? We're getting there quickly. But, but think about this. If you gave your daughter uh, something, uh, gave your daughter like who's uh, like nine years old and gave her uh, 5,000 shillings. Do you know what they'll be thinking? Lots of money. But is it? From their standpoint, it is. From their viewpoint, it is. But I choose not my viewpoint. I choose God's viewpoint. Because I want what God calls expensive to be expensive in my sight. Remember, he never asks you to pay for things. He asks you to believe for things. He gives us richly all things for us to do what? To enjoy. He didn't tell you to buy them. Believe them. Your attitude and my attitude of faith. How did I get into that? God cut the covenant with Abraham by means, by which means Abraham's descendants became God's covenant people. Therefore, through this covenant, our Savior Jesus came into the world to redeem man. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 uh, from the Passion Translation. Hopefully, I'll be able to mention some things uh, about where I want us to reach. Okay, listen to us from verse 11. Pay attention to every word. Take it by faith. All right? Listen. So don't forget that you are not born as Jews. You know that. There's no Jewish person here. You are not born as Jews and were uncircumcised. Circumcision itself is just a work of man's hands. You had none of the Jewish covenants and laws. You are foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. You are without the covenants and prophetic promises of the Messiah, the promised hope, and without God. That's how you, we were. That's how I was. When we were, with, we, we were here on this earth, when we hadn't received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were without God. Now look at this. Yet, look at you now. Yet, look at you now. Can you imagine that a person has been saying how horrible you are and on and on and on. And then they say, yet, look at you now. Look at you now. I'll say, yes, I'm going to look with you, Lord. In other words, I'm going to take your viewpoint. Now look at this. Yet, look at you now. Everything is new. You are not that person who was without God, who had no promise concerning the Messiah. Listen, everything is new. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Everything is new. Although you are once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully 
close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus, you are actually being united to Christ. Hallelujah. United to Christ. Let me show you how this unity is so strong until he says the, the way that God, uh, Jesus would explain, he says this, I am the vine, you're the branches. We are so connected that we are one. Uh, let's go there to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, from the same version. Uh, before you come to your God's expensive purchase, he says this, verse 17, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. Mingled. You are just like God. Why? Through, how? Through covenant. Just like him. Go back then to, to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And then he says, uh, verse 14, our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. What does that mean? You now have a covenant with God through Jesus Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. That's why if you're in Christ and if you think this way, we'll get rid of every tribalism in the body of Christ. Because I speak a certain language does not mean I'm better. Or because I come from another part of the country does not seem I'm better than you. If we have a revelation of what Christ has done for us, do you know what? It removes every kind of prejudice in the body of Christ. In fact, I'll say this, then the body of Christ will lead the way to get rid of uh, tribalism, to get rid of our prejudice on sunning black or white or yellow or pink or whatever it is. Tina says when she is applying, you know, makeup so that I don't shine so much on these this, this, uh, uh, cameras and all that, she says I have got several shades of colors in my face. My nose is a bit another color. My, 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 and, and she says, uh, she says then you need different kind of makeup to make your shade nicely white. I say I don't care. I am born again. <laughs> if my nose looks chocolate and my eyelash, the, the eyelashes look more darker, I just don't care. Listen, I'm in Christ. You are in Christ. That should be our main focus, that prejudice separa that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the, cry, on the cross. We're just about to get into our next elections, 2022, and you can tell politicians have started now campaigning. While 
and I'm going to say it. While they want social distancing in church, them they don't know about social distancing, they'll campaign everywhere. It's on YouTube, remember? Why, why is that so? That's why we need to rise up in faith and stand in faith and believe that and break every kind of prejudice and rise up as a voice in the nation that the voice of the church is known, not denominations, not tribes, but one voice in Christ as people with a covenant with God. And fear no devil, and fear no evil, and fear no death. That's how it should be. Hey, it comes to a place, listen. You are so engrossed in what you believe. Until there's no color. There's no tribe. Listen, you fear nothing. Because you realize the purposes of God are bigger than anything of this natural thing. There's no male or female. We are all in Christ. We have a covenant with God. And we belong to him. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed uh, by his command, his triune essence has made peace between us by standing over forming one new race of humanity. Jews and non-Jews fused together. Listen, that's why I asked the church. It would be so foolish to say that the, the, the Jews has nothing to do with the church. So foolish. Because we have been brought in through that covenant uh, Abrahamic covenant. We are without God. We have been brought in. Two have now become one and we live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ through his crucifixion, hatred died. Listen, listen. You, you have to think in this manner. I hate no one. I hate no tribe. I hate no man. I hate no woman. I hate no one because I am in Christ. I carry no hatred. Why? I'm a carrier of the love of God. Oh, it's so long. I have to get, maybe we'll go back into it next week. And because of time, I was to go to, read in your own time, please. I was to go all the way to verse 22. So then believers in Christ, the church, we ought to pay close attention to Israel and agree with God for his purposes to be fulfilled. Why? They brought us the Redeemer. They brought us a covenant with God. We didn't know God. In fact, their, their versions say, God, we are not known by God. Do you know why? Because God looks at his covenant. He doesn't look at the color. He doesn't look at the, the gender. He looks at the covenant. And, and look at this, at, at the beginning of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, which is from this evening, I want you to stand in faith for God's will in our generation. And we'll be praying this coming Wednesday. I have realized over the years, when you set your heart and mind on God's purposes and plans fast, fast, 
fast. You set your mind on, on God's, on, on, set your heart and mind on God's purposes and plans fast. You experience his best. Don't forget that. That is priority in the kingdom. You set your mind on God's purposes. You set your mind on, on God's plans. You experience his best. Why? Because he's a God of priority. He's a God of priority. His will, his purpose becomes your priority and he will definitely, church, intervene in your life in a bigger way than you could have ever thought or imagined. That's his purpose for you and I. I'm telling you, you as an individual, there are bigger purposes than you have realized today concerning your life. You might be in a place like you feel so discouraged. Let me tell you something. That's a lie of the devil because you shouldn't. There are bigger, bigger purposes in God. God wants you to prioritize his plans and purposes. And now that's why I make a point, I made a point as a church, we need to be paying attention to what God, God's plans and God's purposes concerning Israel. First, three points, pray for the salvation of the Jewish people all over the world. Pray that. Let me read some scriptures would you please, in your own time, because uh, now we're meeting for one and a half hours, would you please, in your own time, go read uh, Leviticus 16? Say, Pastor, will I be able to understand the bullocks and, 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 uh, and the grain offering and, and, and brazen altar? Oh, yeah, you ask the Lord, he will. He'll teach you about that day of atonement. And then you go also, Read Hebrews chapter 9. Concerning Jesus having made a way for us. That's your assignment. So next Sunday I may ask you, uh, how many of you read? And then I'll have the camera around so that the whole world can see how obedient Christian you are. So I'll tell Alex, Alex, turn the camera around the congregation. How many? And then uh, and we'll have a lie detector. Now, we will not have any of those. But read. Meditate on it. And can I tell you something? If you are able to fast, fast tonight. Tonight from 6 to 6 tomorrow evening. Just get into the word of God and pray. Take time just to worship the Lord and honor him. And let him reveal to you his purposes and his plans. Let's go to, Hebrew, to Romans chapter 11 quickly. Oh, praise God. Romans 11. I read just a few scriptures here. Listen to Apostle Paul saying this, verse 1. I say then, has God cast away his people? Who is he talking about? Covenant people, uh, uh, Abraham's seed after the flesh. Certainly not. For I am also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people 
whom he foreknew, or do you not know that the scripture says of Elijah how he pleased with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. In other words, even so then at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. I like thinking that way even concerning the church, even concerning this nation. Listen, there may be several things happening that are not good in this nation, but there are remnants who are standing for the Lord, who are believing for the will of God to be done in this nation. Now look at this. Look at verse 11. I say then, they that, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. And it's you and I. Now, listen to this. If their fall is riches for the world, and they fa their failure, failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? In other words, when we start seeing them more and more, and millions and millions of them coming to Christ, get ready for some things that you have never seen on this earth concerning God's will and purposes manifesting in the church. So the fullness of the will of God is to see them coming into the kingdom of God. That's a complete church. One new man. You see that? I'm asking, do you see that? If their fall brought us in now and their failure uh, reaches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? Now look at this. For if they are being, verse 15, they are being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead. In other words, our focus should be God. You know, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, praying for the salvation of the Jewish people, praying for the manifestation of what like a person like Sidroth, who's a minister, uh, Jewish, but ministering so much to the Jewish people. And, and as a ministry, we have sown several times into his ministry. But looking, saying this, that even during this season of coming the Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and then coming into the Feast of Tabernacle, he said that pray even God that even through visions, dreams, visitations, that God may visit his people. Listen, we are coming to the end, the close of the age. We, come, we are in the last of last days. We need to see the acceleration of God's will. And it's so important as the church to look at the Jewish people and believe God for his plans and purposes to be revealed upon them. <laughs> now, now listen to this. Then. And then, the second thing, so the first one, I say that uh, pray for the salvation of the Jewish people all over the world. Secondly, for the will of God to be done in our generation. Oh, I'll, I'll say again what I said. You may think like, Pastor, what about my knees? 
I need something to happen in my life. Let me tell you something about your needs. When you set your mind, when you set your heart and mind on God's purposes and plans first, you experience his best. Do you know the scripture says, I think it's Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord? In other words, in his plans and his purposes, do you know what you'll do? He will give you the desires of your heart. He will visit you. He will show you things that you never knew you needed. What you thought was a need is not a need. There's a bigger purpose and plans. I'll never forget and so many, so many times this has happened. Like, you know, I, I came to this ministry and I'm, I'm busy, I'm passionate, I'm, I'm pursuing what God has called me. And then he tells me, uh, I, I want you to submit your ministry under Pastor Zoyden Carl. Literally except God, no one knew me. You understand? So I was pursuing what God had called me. I wasn't pursuing to be like a certain, certain person in this ministry. But what did he do? He captivated my attention and he told me, this is my plan for your life. And I remember February 2000, I am, you know, over, uh, praying overnight and just I'm, I'm focusing. I want to know God exactly. What do you want me to do? And he tells me this. I want you to start praying for your wife. Oh, oh I'm getting married. Oh, okay. I wasn't focusing on that. <laughs> In fact, I remember being asked, like, why is it that you, you don't have a girlfriend? I said, girlfriend? I came from the world. I think that's the thing of the world. I came to the kingdom of God to serve God. Then I remember one sister asked me, are you told that if you start seeing a certain sister, you'll backslide? No, I didn't say that, sister. But my focus is uh, in what God wants me to do. Not on how many sisters I can look at in church. Somewhere in my early 20s. And then, uh, so, I said, no, that's not my focus. My focus is God right now. But I'm telling you, I wasn't even praying for that. And February 2000 tells me, I want you now to start praying for your wife. And what does he do? That was February. He shows me a scripture to be praying. And in December, he shows me that girl. And it's over 17 years. You see, when you focus, this is my point here, when you focus on his purposes, on his plans, he takes care of your business. What is God's business now? He wants this generation to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to pray and believe God for the Jewish people and do all what we can do to support them with our faith to come to the knowledge of their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And listen, for the will of God to be done in our generation, the church assignment to the nations of the world in bringing, is bringing salvation. has to be. is to bring salvation. The revelation of God's redemptive plan. For the nations. That's what you believe in God for. And my mixing so many words. That as a church. We focus on God's plan for our generation. Revelation knowledge of God's redemptive plan. In other words. It has to unfold in our generation. And that's why I find. Ephesians chapter 1. From there 17 to 23. And Ephesians chapter 3. 14 to, 20, to 21 is a scripture to be praying. 
for the plan of God in, in our generation. And reflect as an individual. Are you looking at things from God's perspective or you are consumed with your needs? Are you looking at things from God's perspective or you are consumed with your needs? Are you seeking the Lord for the salvation of those around you? That will be my question to you. Is that your passion? Listen, you take care of God's business. You listen to his heart. You listen to his purposes. You follow his leading. He will take care of your business. As long as you are doing exactly what he wants you to do. As a believer in Christ and as the body of Christ, as the local church, God will take care of our business. And listen, he will provide every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What we need to do, the simple thing for us to do is to obey him. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 2, 4 to 6 as I finish. God who desires all men to be saved. How many men? All men. Ladies, you're included, by the way. There's no gender here. Remember the scripture that we read. All men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. It's God's desire for all men to be saved. All of them. All of them, church. So listen, our passion should be this. I want men to be saved. First, to the Jews, our faith. Our giving. We do, or remember our fast fruits offering, we give, and, and, and the instruction that Pastor Carla had some few years ago, and really how true it is from the scriptures is fast to the Jews, or to the Jews fast, of a fast fruit. So whatever comes in as a fast fruit during this feast, fast to the Jews. Holocaust survivors. We have a children's home. I mean, we don't have it, but there's a children's home that we support every month in Israel. Every month we send. And every, the, 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 uh, the feast of, uh, uh, you know, Passover, Pentecost, and then we come to the feast of Tabernacle, every fast fruit offering that comes in, a portion fast goes to support ministries and any work bringing in salvation to the Jews and helping the Jewish people. That's where it all begins. So you are known, your faith is known across the borders. Amen. Hallelujah. Please lift up your hands. I want to pray for Father in the name of Jesus. I pray for the supernatural release of your purposes and your plans into the hearts of your people, even through this word that I've spoken in few minutes. Father, may the bathing of your purposes and, and plans be in the hearts of your people even during this season. Father, may the revelation of your will be known in the hearts of your people. Grant your people strength to seek you. 
to reflect concerning your will. For I know you said, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all things shall be added to, to them. You said, Father. And I thank you, Father, for every one of them and standing in agreement with prayers of faith. Pastor Carl and I pray and the leaders pray for this, this congregation. And all of them at home, all of them called into this ministry. I speak your blessing. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. And I thank you, Father, for every kind of healing every kind of restoration. I take authority over sickness, disease, and every kind of oppression of the enemy. I break your power now in the name of Jesus. Be healed and be made whole. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.